Hello, welcome to Cinemaniac Jack. I'm your host, Jack. Today's guest co-hosts are Bethany and Chris. How are you to, how are you guys today? I'm good. Cool. Oh, we're great. I'm doing doing great uh today. Yeah. Finally get a day off from work, so that's always great. Yeah. So basically the gist of the show is that we talk about films that I love based on whatever the topic of the episode is. And the first half of the show, I talk to my guest about whatever the topic is. So it's uh, Halloween Horror Month on Cinemaniac Jack. So today's topic is a guilty pleasure horror film. And the film that Mm -hmm. I chose is Creepshow. But uh, first, Bethany and Chris, uh, what are some of your guilty pleasure horror films? You want to go back and forth? Uh, I would say ladies first. Yeah. Okay, so we'll go back and forth. Um, So one Mm -hmm. of mine that I listed that has to be one of my favorites um, is probably Orphan, which I've talked about before. I really Mm -hmm. love it. It's very suspenseful. Mm -hmm. But I've I've mentioned it before in the past on here. Yeah. So I won't go into too much detail about it, but it's a very popular movie that came out like 10 years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, Chris, your turn. <laughs> oh, mine might be a little a length, more lengthy on the like the first one, but yeah. Um, as far as guilty pleasure, I'm I'm kind of like I'm relatively new to being like a horror movie fan. So, if I were to start with one right now, I and I got like a story to back it up, if you like, well, uh, is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and that's the mm. original. Hmm. Have you guys seen any, uh, the, that one yet? Yeah, I've I've seen that. Mm-hmm. I have yeah, and I just I just watched that like last week, and yeah, you know, it's like one of those movies I sort of was kind of um, subconsciously avoiding because I have like a memory where like I watched this documentary and the sound for that iconic sound from the movie, the one with the flat like a flashing like camera bulb, like mm-hmm. uh, you probably but you probably you know you know that sound right? Uh, I've no? only seen the movie well, once, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's one of those movies for a lot of people that, you know, you kind of watch once because it's very disturbing and uh, grisly, even though, you know, you don't really see that much gore in the movie. I mean, it was, like, made in the 70s, so there wasn't much shown. Even the director, his name was Toby uh, Hooper, or Hopper, I don't know how to say his last, last, whatever it's pronounced, but he wanted to go for, like, a PG rating, kind of like, you know, (laughs) Poltergeist. I think Poltergeist was PG, and I think he he directed that, so he wanted to go for a PG rating tried to not show much it was rated r anyway and just watching it like the, the, the atmosphere the mood of it is just so so raw and brutal and yeah um to be honest though like oh, if, there's, if there's anything to take away from it that's negative uh, is the acting a lot with a lot of most horror movies like the acting can be terrible and in this yeah. case this is like like a, a grindhouse slasher so it was very very um like the, yeah, the acting is pretty terrible, but it works just enough, and it's all about the atmosphere and the and the, the, the like, just the the suggestion of violence to um, to what you see. It's just it's great, and I mean, I can look past the acting and be like, yeah, I find pleasure in this oddly, but it's just well made for yeah. what, for what they had at the time, which was very very low budget. I believe that budget for uh, the original Texas. Chainsaw Massacre, I have it down here, is 300000 Wow. And that is a very good one. Do you actually remember when we were doing Haunted Theater years ago, we met the original Leatherface? 
Oh yeah, I'm. I'm not even sure if I was there for that. I think I might have been. I was like not there for that night or where, he whenever was, it was. He was really. Like, I remember he was there. Uh, I forgot his name. Um, but um, yeah, like I think I remember he that he was there, and um, mm-hmm. it was really really cool. I just I don't remember too much of that because I probably wasn't even there. It was a long time ago. All right, my next one. Um, this speaking of mm-hmm. disturbing, I have to say the human centipede. So. Oh. Okay, so Uh, it is absolutely depressing. It is really sad, but it is I I kind of like when it's when it's horror. I kind of like sick and twisted for horror, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's quite sick and twisted. I mean, it's not that I love it, but I've seen it like more than three times. I've definitely seen it a couple times because I find it very it's very i don't get scared easily but i'd say it's psychologically terrifying so um yeah i'd I'd have to say that's probably my next one yeah that's um that's that's a very interesting choice yeah that's one i've never seen actually yeah yeah i've actually i've seen most of the first one i think but i don't think i watched the whole thing because i was just too disturbed by it i'm too grossed out um, I mean, there's certain movies like, again, Texas Chainsaw Massacre being one where it's like, you know, that movie is not supposed to be, it's not a pleasant movie at all. It's very like from the beginning to the end, that movie was like disturbing and unpleasant, yet it had something about it that was cool and fun for like Halloween like uh, viewing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Human Centipede is just made just to gross people out. I don't know. I just, I just don't really see any real value in it, but it's cool, you know. Like some people will like that uh, sh- sick, twisted stuff, and I mean, I like that too. So, yeah. but uh, I guess to go on to my next pick, um, I, I would say I'm I'm more of a psychological horror kind of guy because I'm 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 really influenced by The Exorcist and all that. And here's a, a more recent one. I guess I can call it a guilty pleasure, but I think it's a very well made movie. It's called Hush. Have you heard of Hush? I don't. No, I don't think I've heard of that one actually. Hush is not not it's more like a psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. It's um it's about a deaf and mute woman living in by herself and she has to survive a home invasion and she's deaf and oh. mute. So yeah, you can yeah, it's on Netflix actually. Yeah, it's like it's an, about less than um an hour and a half and it's just a simple premise of home invasion, woman's deaf, how is she going to survive? And it's just like it's, it sounds very simple, almost too simple, but it's just the way it's done. They like they milk everything out of it to make it like an effective, tense thriller. And it uh, doesn't really hold back on like the, the intensity and the, the suspense. It's just it's actually it's very it's a very, very good movie. Uh, I recommend it. And I only say it's a guilty pleasure because some people be like, oh, it's one of those movies you kind of like see once and that's it. In most cases, it is. But. I, I watched it again last night with my parents, and they enjoyed it a lot. And I actually enjoyed it again the second time around. I, again, it's like it's weird how a movie like that, which is most effective when you watch it once, mm-hmm. but um, it's good enough where you can actually watch it over and over again, even though you know what's going to happen. So I guess in a way, that's it's kind of a guilty pleasure for me, even though I think it's just a well-made movie and it, it's just all all the way around acting and directing and everything. It's it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be hard for me to like get 
guilty pleasure picks because most of the stuff I have on my list is I wouldn't call it guilty pleasure. But anyway, I'll try my best. Um, I'm just probably gonna blow through mine and then you can do the rest of yours because I think that might be more effective. Um, because back and forth might take a little okay. too long. Um, because we only have a couple minutes, it seems. Always um, um, my next one is The Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Nobody's heard no, of it. No, I haven't heard of that uh, one. I grew up watching that movie. I watched that movie for the first time when I was probably about three or four. Um, I've liked, I've liked horror my whole life. I was never scared of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that movie is really sad. It's very, very sad. Um, and it's not very popular, but my parents love it, so I always used to watch it. But it's really good. It's sad, though. Um, it's about this... I'm going to briefly give you a synopsis. This, it's about this little girl who's friends with this older adult man who is um, uh, severely autistic. And um, the somebody, I guess her parents, find it very wrong that he's an old, older man and he's playing with his, her little, their little girl. But he's, he's harmless. He's completely harmless. He has a child mindset. And um, he, he's murdered one night and he... Um, he comes back as a scarecrow. So it's like Jack Frost, but scarecrow, but it's scary because people, it's, it's like, it's a horror film. Like people go missing and and stuff and he's trying to get revenge. It's, Mm. I liked it. Another one is Leprechaun. That sounds twisted. I grew up with Leprechaun. (laughs) Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Yeah. That one's so messed up. And I just, I used to laugh as a kid. I thought it was so funny. Like he like bites someone's ear off and like, or bites someone's toe off. I just always thought it was funny. Um, another one that I have is, um, Dismissed, which is a shorter movie. Remember we watched that together? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we watched that with John. I've seen it, like, three times. Somebody in one of my college classes, you know, years ago told me about it. Um, it stars Dylan Sprouse, actually, and he's the student that, um, is a straight-A student, and he tries to get back at his teacher for giving him a B, and, like, he kills his family, and, like, oh, my God. I thought it was really well done, though, for, like, a short movie. Um, oh my god, I have so many now that I think about it. And I'll do one more. Um, okay, so there were so many movies that I wanted to put on here, but I was like, I don't know if it's considered horror or not. Um, so the last one that I want to talk about is The Roommate. I haven't seen it in years, but I remember I only saw it twice, and I remember both times it affected me because I hadn't gone away to college yet and I was really scared about going to college after that but um it ended up being fine but um I remember that one in particular was probably one of the first horror movies that I ever watched as like a young adult it's probably not that good I but that's why it's a guilty pleasure I have a couple I have so many now that I think about it but I think that's that's about it Chris uh you can uh continue your list well, that, that's fine. That's a, good, that's, a, that's a pretty good list. Uh, but before I go on to, like, trying to, like, cherry pick what might be, like, my guilty pleasure pick, I'd like to just give you, like, an idea where my – when I became, I started to become a horror movie fan. Um, I, growing up, I was never really into horror that much, especially slasher. I wasn't really into those movies. Uh, I, uh, I remember, though, uh, when I was uh, doing – I was trick-or-treating. It was, like, 2005. My parents and I were over – uh, friend's house that we visit every every year at the time and uh, it was cool we're trick-treating all that stuff and that that night we watched a documentary 
about all these classic horror movies, you know, zombie, like um, George Romero movies, the like Night of the Living Dead, Freddy Krueger, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I remember watching that, and I was horrified by it because I'd never seen these movies, and I was young. So mm-hmm. I was, again, I was horrified by it, and we were at the drive home, and it was a very cold night, Halloween, and we were going down the back roads uh, where there was no lights. It was just all woods, and mm-hmm. so that creeped me the hell out. And uh, when I got home and I went to bed, I had a hard time sleeping. I, I got chills. I had chills for actually a week. Every night I would get chills for, you know, because I was so scared by what I saw from that documentary. So I had to sleep in my, in my parents' bed just to keep myself, uh, you know, calm and not shaking. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like then, then I wasn't even into horror movies then. But when I uh, about seven years ago, I watched The Exorcist on a Christmas Eve night. Uh, it was oh, the first really? time I've ever watched it. My parents have uh, very fond memories about that movie. When they, they went to go see it in 1974 in the city, um, it, was like, it was a legit blockbuster. People were around the block just to see The Exorcist in 1974. Wow. So they have fond memories of it, and they're like, oh, you got to see it, you got to see it. And so, uh, so I decided to watch it, Christmas uh, Eve, day, whatever, and it was a complete experience for me like just watching it just like the way it builds up and very realistic and just <laughs> it is my favorite horror movie it, it kind of shapes kind of how i my taste in horror movies are now like mostly psychological more like not too much gore not too much slasher teenagers being uh, slaughtered that kind of thing Ooh. so that kind of shapes my my horror movie mindset my brother yeah, has but been just wanting to, continue, to watch that what's that my brother's been wanting to watch that for like the past month with us <laughs> yeah, well, the Exorcist, um, it's not, some people will find it a little dated. Of course, some of the effects, you know, like all oh, the, and some things that the, the demon um, does in the movie, it can be a little bit laughable for some people. But for me, it was always terrifying. It is disturbing. Certain things that the little girl does, the uh, Linda Blair does, has the, uh, as Reagan, the possessed girl. And yeah, but like, I when I saw it, I was like totally absorbed by it it was just such such a great such a great movie and into my opinion the greatest horror movie uh, of all time uh but anyway just to get on to some guilty pleasure picks i'm gonna go with movies that are sort of overlooked ones that i recently watched that i feel like nobody really talks about that much and uh, just to look at my list here i'm for this uh, from this list here i'm gonna go right now with pet cemetery and i'm talking about the remake i actually enjoyed that movie and I know, like that, the movie kind of got a mixed reaction. Of course, you know, being a remake, it, you know, most people don't. They look down on remakes, even you know, even if they haven't signed, like, oh, it's probably not as good as the first. But I watched the original after I watched the remake, and I, I look at the two, and I'm like, I feel like the remake's just a better movie overall. The original has its charm and stuff, but it just doesn't generally scare me because. That move, the original feels dated to me, but the the remake it, it's updated and it's got better actors and it just it serves the story better. It just feels more disturbed, more a, a, a sadder. Just the way it presents that story of a family, you know, falling apart from bringing back their their loved ones from the dead. It's just the, the remake just felt like it hit harder for me at least, and it was it was chilling. And the original not so much. Uh, but like, I, like I feel like it's a movie that, um, you know, the remake that deserves a little bit more love than it really got. It's not perfect, but 
uh, I recommend it. And then just to, I got a couple more here. There's uh, the Psycho Sequels. Um, Psycho 2, is I, I like in particular, it's just because it was a um, – people forget about the Psycho sequels. And I, I just watched them recently. And Psycho 2 um, had this very cool um, story that follows right after 22 years after the original Psycho and kind of shows us – Nor, uh, Norman Bates, how, like just getting back, trying to get back into the being a normal person, if he ever was one, like have a normal life. And while his past keeps uh, coming back to haunt him and, you know, you don't know if he's actually doing the killings in this one. It's like a mystery and it's kind of cool. There's these crazy twists and it's a it's a very forgotten uh, sequel and it, it deserves a lot more like, you know, uh, attention. And then last, I'm going to say there's also another overlooked movie. And it goes back to the Exorcist. Um, it is Exorcist 3. Now, avoid Exorcist 2. That is like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Do not see it if you have, haven't. have But Exorcist 3 was really a really cool follow-up. And it was um, – it kind of follows this sort of like seven murder um, mystery, like serial killer mystery. Uh, and it, it's like seven, but it's in the Exorcist universe. And so there's – it's not as – Uh, I wouldn't say it's not as a, like doesn't have the same impact as the original, but it has. It, I think it's arguably more frightening because of all the stuff that it, that it suggests in its themes. But you know, whatever you know, redemption stuff, stuff like that. I can go into it further, but you know, I know we have limited time. But yeah, that's um, those are my picks for guilty pleasures. But not it's not like guilty pleasures. How well you got like most people might call guilty pleasure for me it's a little more on the serious side i tend to like movie uh horror movies that are more serious and not so much uh you know horror comedy like like in tone if you know what i mean hmm. yeah cool so um today we're talking about creep show so creep show mm -hmm. is a horror comedy anthology film released on november 10th 1982 it was directed by george a romero and the screenplay was written by stephen king Uh, it stars Hal Holbrook, uh, Adrian Barbeau, Fritz Weaver, Joe Hill, Tom Atkins, uh, Leslie Nielsen, Carrie Nye, E.G. Marshall, and Vivica Landforce, to name a few. Um, the film is about a little boy, played by Joe Hill, who one night is being chastised by his abusive father, played by Tom Atkins, for reading a horror comic called Creepshow. The father throws the comic into the garbage, and it is blown away by an oncoming storm. As the wind flips through the pages of the comic, we get a glimpse of the five chilling stories featured inside. So, um, so yeah, I think similar to you guys, like, I wouldn't actually consider this movie, like, a guilty pleasure for me, because I actually really do like this film, yeah. and I think it's a genuinely good <laughs> film, but I think if I did have a guilty, guilty pleasure, this would be kind of the closest For me, because, mm -hmm. you know, it's very campy and, and schlocky and stuff like that. Um, but, um, so, but anyway, so, the, like, the reason why this film was made uh, was because uh, George Romero and Stephen King were both fans of um, the EC comics of the 50s. And basically, EC was the, the company that made, uh, like, the Tales from the Crypt and the Vault of Horror mm. and the Haunt of Fear comics. And I'm a fan of those comics as well. And I actually own a few of uh, the volumes of the re of the reprints. So uh, Romero and um, King wanted to make an anthology film that was a homage to those comics. 
So, um, Chris, I know this was like your first time watching this movie. What did you think of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I watched it uh, three days ago. Uh, had it on my watch list for all my my Halloween month. Well, like all this, all these other horror movies I haven't seen, like some originals and stuff like that. And you 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 brought up Creep Show, and so I'm like, oh, I have to check it out. And I I liked it. I enjoyed it um, overall. Um, I felt like yeah, it started out a little rough. The first couple of uh, stories were not as um, good, in my opinion. Like, just it wasn't as meaty as like an you know, like as or as twist. Um, not as I'm trying to find the words here, but like the first story was literally about a um, a guy coming back from the dead for his cake. Yeah, and so I mean, it's it's funny um, that just hearing that is funny, but like you know, it's just. The, it didn't have like a lot to it. That first story didn't have a lot to it for me, but there were some cool things that I noticed about this this movie overall. Is like the cast, the the people from the eighties, the seventies, the eighties. Uh, uh, like for the first one, like we had a young. I saw a young Ed Harris. I'm like, whoa, he's so young in that movie. Yeah. I mean, he looks pretty much the same, but he just has more hair, you know. And I felt like one of the things, like yeah, he was he was just kind of there. He didn't really have much to do except like spoiler die uh you know <laughs> yeah inside inside that grave and i mean just everybody was just like expendable and you know it was like a quick little story like oh zombie wants his cake and um but it was cool like i, I recognized the actress who played the uh the uh, belinda i think is the name of the character the what the daughter of the zombie that comes to life yeah and she's, uh, I don't know, I forgot her name. I don't have it down here, but she, I recognized her from Exorcist 3. She played um, a patient in that movie, like an old patient that gets possessed by a serial killer. Oh, really? Uh, she, it's a small It's a small part for her in that movie, but she was um, kind of scary looking to, uh, in the movie. And she was like, you know, this very old, catatonic character. Uh, and then the, the very end, the climax of the movie, she becomes the serial killer and she tries to kill the main character's daughter with a huge ass scissor that just decapitates people. So uh, that was a cool thing for me to see, like, oh, that's her from the Exorcist 3. And in this, she was actually in that in that short first story. She was really good in that in the, her little moments of her just like recalling her bastard to the father who was like, I don't know how old was she was. I don't know. He was like uh, 180 some years old, which is crazy uh, before he uh, get, got killed in the in the story. I just wanted to say, like, the beginning um, with the little boy and the, the, the father, um, it starts quite abruptly, but I really like the opening. Um, I like how the stories are the kids' imagination, and I love anthologies, so I like how they yeah. started that. Cool, yeah. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I mean, I was just going to say, too, like, the the movie is, like, really dedicated to, like, the comic book look. I love it. And this is, like, the earliest film I can think of that, like, did that, like, with, like, the, the panels and stuff. I like, love I, the transitions. Yeah, but, but like, like, you see that, like, happen, like, a lot, like, in, um, like, uh, like, in the, the Raimi Spider-Man films and um like the 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 newer uh the animated spider-man film that came out recently oh, yeah. where kind of like recreates that comic book thing but this is like the earliest one that i can think of that does that and i don't know if it was like the first one to do that but it seemed to be like one of the earliest uh um, yeah it probably probably was i mean 
Um, yeah. So, and, but, but like going to like the, like the look of being like the look of a comic, like, like I just like in this movie, like I love the lighting and like the colors that they, that they use to achieve like that comic book look. I don't know. It's just very like, it's cool. And like King like recreates like the, the EC formula to a T like, like, like you would think that these were actual like EC like stories, you know? Yeah, I, I could see that, and uh, I I I agree that I did, I did like the opening like the opening like segment with the kid like introducing the comic book, and right there I was like oh this is good. it's gonna be an anthology film and it's gonna it's gonna have this sort of charming sort of like um like not too like not too scary not too serious like a, like like uh, like it is a horror comedy sort of anthology. And I felt in the beginning, it got like this, like spooky, like sounds like ooh, and the lightning and everything, and it, like it kind of like, it, like kind of draws you in that way. And I, I do appreciate um, they were going for, like you said, for that, like to adapt that comic book, and also be like the sort of fun Halloween movie um, mm. that you can watch every every uh, Halloween. And I thought they did that very well. Yeah, this is definitely a like a fun film too. You know, like like it's it is like a little scary but it doesn't take itself like completely seriously like there's a lot of humor in it uh what what else did you want to say bethany um about the opening i really didn't have anything else i want i have next i have happy father's day yeah Mm -hmm. so with happy father's day i had a couple of interesting notes i said why does she visit his grave every year if she's the one that killed him out of guilt Okay. They kind of, well they they kind of explain that and like when she's talking to them it's about just it. It's weird. I don't know. Also, dad coming up from the grave. Imagine seeing that in real life. <laughs> yeah, well, it's terrifying. Well, like during that scene, like they show like the like the whiskey bottle like pouring into the ground. Yeah. So I'm trying to think like, are they trying to like insinuate that that's how the dad was brought back to life by having the the whiskey bottle like pour into? Yeah, his I thought of that. Grave? Hmm. Did you notice that, Chris? Yeah, I noticed that. I mean, it was a little moment, but I mean, it's kind of funny, like, oh, the whiskey bomb to life or uh, whatever it was. But, you know, um, I was sort of half expecting him to come out of the ground, but at the same time, it was a little nice, a little scare. They set up the shot where you can tell, like, like they kind of switched the camera so they can include a shot, a close-up of his hand coming out of the ground, which is a good jump scare, mm-hmm. especially yeah. if you're not expecting it. Yeah, that, that actually is a really good jump scare because it's just, the whole scene's just, like, very, like, peaceful for the most i mean you know apart from her screaming and being miserable but like everything's like very like quiet where she is and then all of a sudden like it's just like and then like you see the the hand come up yeah out of the ground and you see him come out and like kill her imagine seeing that you'd literally just pee your pants it's scary yeah i would i would but yeah it was it was that was a good scare and then the rest of the 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 first stories is kind of this was like oh everyone's getting picked off one by one some some really cool kills too you know like twisting the head off and uh that one the the mother and um then there was the uh the cool reveal of i guess the um the maid or the cook of the house you see is just kind of like go up against the door you see she's dead and, and so on there's a bunch of little things and then at the end, you know, the zo- a zombie dad's like, I got my cake. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's the guy, the the one guy, I don't know if he's like the son or whatever, 
Um, I said he lays there underneath the tombstone for about a good two minutes, just staring at it, ready, just yeah. anticipating it falling on him. He's just laying there, and it's like slowly, slowly inching its way towards you know his face and it's gonna crush him to death and he's just laying there on his back just staring going ah what i'm like you realize you have way more than enough time you have time to get up take a shower read a book eat lunch and you know like you have time dude you can get up but i I yeah like every time he tries to move though like the the grave like shit like it it, it 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 starts to move and like like it's gonna fall okay on then move faster like move quick <laughs> yeah, i don't know i would try to get away what do you do do you try to get away or do you just st- sit yeah. there I mean, staring uh, at your you know coming death yeah i mean that was that was a weird moment i mean and it was like one of the weaker i think one of the weaker scenes because i mean yeah i can i can i see your like of what you saw jack with um and, like, if he moved more, it would move faster or start moving as he was moving. But I felt like the scene didn't really illustrate that that well, that good enough, for at least yeah. for me. So it was just, like, so for me and Bethany, it was, like, weird. Like, you're not, it doesn't look like you're that deep into, say, like, a, a grave. Like, you're right there, like, a few inches off the, the actual ground. Uh, so why aren't you moving fast enough? And so they, I guess they didn't illustrate that in the scene. So it was kind of goofy and weird. And Ed Harris gets just wasted. Yeah. Uh, in in that in the movie, uh, but however, I did, it was kind of fun to see him doing a little disco dancing or before he before he yeah, died. Yeah, no, that part always like I always laugh my <laughs> ass off at that part. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like you don't see this every day. Ed Harris just Ed Harris dancing yeah. to disco. Yeah, it's like so weird. I'm sure he was. Was that? We watched it with my family, and who was it? Was my dad? Who was like, why are they dancing like that inside their own house? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess because they're rich, uh, they're rich and privileged people, and they're just weird. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, oh, did did you want to talk about the next one? Yeah. Now? Let's talk about that one because okay. I have a lot to say about that one. <laughs> okay. What did you have to say? Me. Yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah. The next one, Jordy Deville. Okay. <laughs> So the first thing I said was, obviously, the meteor looks hot. Why would you touch it? Well, he's a fucking idiot, so, like... I know, but, like, it obviously looks hot. Why would you touch it? He's like, oh, I burned myself. Like, what did you think was going to happen, you idiot? Yeah. Dummy? (laughs) Yeah. See, that that one was pretty, um, pretty weird, and it was all, it was, like... Uh, out of all the stories, that one was one was the most um, goofy and campy, and it was going for that sort of like silly comedy, sort of like Jerry, Jerry Lewis kind of vibe. I mean, literally, like um, Stephen King playing the character in, the, in that story, yeah. he reminded me a lot like Jerry of Jerry Lewis, and the way he was acting was so so Jerry Lewis. See, I actually wrote for my next note. I said King is very an- has very animated facials, similar to Jack Nicholson and Jim Carrey. True, true. Yeah, he was going for it, and you know, um, some people thought he was like actually uh, good. I mean, I guess for what they were going for, it worked. But I mean, for me, I mean, um, this I think was one of uh, Stephen King's first acting uh, roles. Uh, I think it was his and- first acting role, actually. 
Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, so there you go. And I mean, I guess it worked, but um, for what they were going for. But really, I mean, it was like, eh, it, it didn't really do too much for me. I mean, he's and, supposed to be like a dumb hillbilly, so he. I think yeah. he played that really well. Yeah, I, actually, I really enjoy his his performance yeah. in this. And this one is actually like my least favorite one. Really? Like I still, I like. I, I think like it's it. kind of funny, but like, it's not like. I don't find it funny. I find it sad. I think it's the most sad out of all of them. Well, yeah, it is kind of sad, it's but really it's really sad. Goofy too. I don't find it goofy. Well, yeah. I, I mean, the, the way they were playing it was goofy, but in the end, like it was, uh, it was depressing to be like, I'd see like, oh, this whole thing's taking over his farm, and he's becoming a little swamp thing monster, <laughs> and he, you literally see him blow his head off, and that's like, a, like they don't even cut away. They did, and like, of course, you don't see Stephen King's head there. You see like a big moss head, and so it's not. Uh, I mean. It's they show the whole thing, and but you know that that was the character, and it's just depressing to see him just blow his head off, and that's it. I mean, it's one of those like uh, short little stories where like, oh, this happened, it's creepy, and then it ends, and you know the guy was a goofy uh, dumbass, and uh, yeah, he, <laughs> and so it's so it's it's a weird one, and I, I understand what they were going for, and I, I did like the um, how the fung alien fungus looked um, growing on the farm, which was it was very green, very bright, it was very it was a little different, it looked like it was a little like. Um, not just grass, like swamp grass. It just had a certain look to it that it looked alien, but, you know. I actually talked about that. I said, I love seeing the progression of the moss. Like, you could see. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You Me can too. constantly see it, like, getting more um, widespread every day. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, but I did say that the set was a little cheesy. I said it was such a good job. It was just, I mean, it was such a good idea. It just was executed so poorly. I think it could have been done um better the set for this film. yeah it could have been, i think it could that have been one. done better yeah. and i think I, part of it is the cinematography the cinematography i mean it works fine i guess and it's an 80s movie so like most 80s movies kind of looked like that but again i mean they could have uh, done certain things with the cinematography to make what they were going for with the set with the progression make it look more even more creepy right. more slimy Maybe, but again, then again, they were going for a goofy vibe uh, with this one, even though it ends in a very dark way, yeah, depressing way. They were going for goofy, so you know, I I can't say too much, but I feel like yeah, it could have been the better, I think. Yeah, but I I really do like like talking about like the you know the moss growing all over him. I like Tom Savini's makeup in this is really good and yeah absolutely one yeah. of the best things about the movie like like throughout the whole thing like his like his makeup is really good and here it's like you know it's the same case here but also like um like apparently i read too that apparently like king was like really allergic to the makeup so he had to um like take like a bunch of medication before he like put all the stuff Pro on probably like a benadryl Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Apparently he got, like, shots, too, or something. Allergy wow. shots? Yeah, I guess. Wow. The, yeah. Why didn't they use a different material? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe it was, I like, a... I guess to get a certain look. Yeah. Um, I also said um, that this one reminded me of The Blob meets The Fly. It really mm, does yeah. remind me of The Fly, because in The Fly, you just see Jeff Goldblum um, turn into this insect over time and then eventually he can't take it anymore and he wants to be put out of his misery and he ends up you know exactly shooting himself in the head pretty much just the same as this it was very similar to me 
yeah. But uh, just a here's a little tangent here. Um, I just recently saw the I've, I've seen the original Blob and I thought it was really good for what it you know as being like this old fifties uh, camp campy uh, um, you know horror sci-fi. I thought it was really cool for what it was. And I saw the remake and I thought the remake was actually really good. And the effects in that movie are pretty savage. And um, they um, compare like they compare it to like Creep Show. I think it takes it to another level. I mean, of course, it's a little more aggressive and stuff, but you know, the make some of the makeup they did in the '80s was um, was like you know it um, was a benchmark. You know, it's just uh, they really um, showed some cool stuff back then. And I kind of wish they they held on to that a little long, or more nowadays. But I mean, they they try sometimes with practical. More, they try to do it over the CGI that they do nowadays. But Creepshow has that, you know, practical makeup uh, stuff in it, and I really pre- that's something I really appreciate about this movie. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. The the effects are really great. Um, so I don't really have much to say about this one because it's like <laughs> my least favorite. But King's performance is good. Um, did you uh, did you want to um, talk about the next one now, Bethany? Well, I just wanted to make one more note. Oh, okay. Um, like I said, remember you said we were going to talk about my parents' commentary? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you had a specific one you were going to talk about, but my mom kept saying the whole time through this one, oh my gosh, he's so adorable. Look at him. He's a plant. <laughs> he's a plant. He's so cute. Aw. And oh, then when, God. And then when he like kills himself at the end, my mom was like, that's so horrible. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> Like, my parents were just so, like, it was so funny. They were, like, getting so into it. I mean, wow. Obviously, I mean, that's, that's cool, though. My dad, yeah. my dad has seen it before, like, several times, but I think it might have been my mom's first time seeing it. So, it was funny. Yeah. yeah that's, that sounds funny. That sounds hilarious. I mean, yeah, I didn't have that reaction, but, it's like, it's, it's interesting. Your mom, mom likes up to anti Stephen King. Yeah. Yeah. It was... Oh, the next one. Yeah. Oh, this is actually my favorite one. Yeah, actually, well, so, yeah, so, uh, the next one is called Something to Tide You Over, and I, th- oh, yeah. I think this is my favorite mm. one. It's either this one or the last one, which we're gonna talk about eventually, but I don't want to talk about it just yet. Um, so, like, but what, what's interesting about this one is that, like, um, King actually wrote another story that was similar to this one and that one um it actually uh, that that story actually appears in another anthology film of his called cat's eye Mm -hmm. um so yeah i just thought that was very interesting and of course that story is really good too but i Mm -hmm. I really love this one uh what did what did you want to say um i said leslie nielsen is vicious great performance (laughs) yeah no i i love his performance and this and i remember like when i first saw it i remember being surprised by it because like i like i i just like associated nielsen with his later goofier roles oh, yeah. but he's like Me so too. fucking evil he's in this vicious nasty yeah. awful um also i said that this the whole concept of this uh, is absolute torture it is yeah. torture what he does to them absolute torture it was a fear that i didn't know i had of like being Mm. buried in the sand and like the waves coming up and like oh that is so scary and i felt so anxious the entire time yeah no it's the whole time it's a really terrifying premise but another thing that like that um that i noticed 
while watching this one was that um like even though the the actors are like in this like campy horror flick like they don't they don't half ass it like they're all like really like yeah like good like in all these parts and um yeah and it also really shows here with uh nielsen's performance um yeah any, anything else yeah. you wanted to say um i like how the music intensifies like as the as this the water the the tide is coming in um the music just gets so much more intense mm-hmm. and um allegro and like the like everything is just it's very like fast and like lively and very like scary and you can tell that something's going to happen soon yeah um and um uh, um, I also said that at the end when they when they when they come back when they're when they're dead, the zombie makeup was great. Yeah. And my last note. Point to that. My yep, last yep. note was uh, karma. At the end, they put him in the sand to die, and that was great karma. Yeah, but like his his re- his revenge in this film is just so like fucked up. Like not only does he like, not only does he force them to watch each other die but he goes back home and he watches it like watches them die on, on his own tv, TV at, at his home and i remember your dad said he was like he's like he's having a drink to it oh yeah because <laughs> he's, wa- he's watching these people his wife and her you know her lover being like basically dying a slow painful death and he's literally making a cocktail or whatever yeah. drinking it watching it like it's some hallmark christmas movie like and, and your mom also your mom said he's a sick fuck <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> remember oh my god yeah she... <laughs> yeah oh my god my parents yeah, that's so funny. my parents commentary was hysterical yeah, but um, yeah, like I I agree with all of what you said there. Um, I think it might be my favorite, but I mean the next one might be. I'm not sure. I'm kind of, kind of between those two. I mean this one in particular just had more of a, it just had more to to, to the story, um, and I was more engaged in it than the other ones. The other ones were like short little short little like vignettes, and they're very similar, a little more simple. Some and uh, I feel like this one just had. A more to offer, uh, especially with like say the suspense and like the, yeah. the anxiety of uh, drowning. I mean that whole the way that scene plays out, it kind of I feel like it's one of those uh, kind of things you'll see in you know, like a horror movie like this and be like as a kid and maybe be traumatized by the idea. And um, I I've I've never really seen a movie show in detail like that kind of torture. I think I think this was like the first one I've seen do that, and it was yeah a really it was it was really like gripping like. Seems like it was also like very um, torturous to watch, you know, mm-hmm. them these people slowly about to die. And again, getting going back to Leslie Nielsen, I thought he was great. And yeah. like I'm, I'm used, I'm used, like you said, I'm used to him being, you know, the naked gun, like the Lieutenant Frank Drebin, Police Squad, and being that guy. I know he was in other movies, and he was always like kind of like the serious guy. And when he did the goofy stuff, he he played it serious, and that's why it was funny. Uh, but in this, he's just a straight up asshole, and. Uh, but, He's like he the way he like carries himself in this movie. He's very comfortable with himself. He's he's doing all this. And he's like, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna drink myself a scotch while you guys die. <laughs> and, yeah. and like he plays it, he plays it so well. But there's a moment where in his performance that I, uh, I think um, was kind of cool 
where um, you know he's watching them on the monitor as they're slowly about to die, and he is laughing maniacally. But then he pauses for a moment, and he sort of looks like he's sort of like feeling a little sorry for uh, um, them and what he's doing uh, for a moment. I mean, he's still doing it; he's still um, seeing it through. But he had a moment where he's like, you know, this is uh, screwed up by what I'm doing. So, like, you know, kind of feel bad. And then, then then he just goes on for the rest of the night and takes showers like oh that was it was a good day, and again Leslie was great and um, it was cool seeing like those zombies that the, they looked great they like the, the water zombies you don't see that a lot, uh, so it was kind of cool a cool thing to see like with uh, like a different type of zombie, and um, here's it was something cool that um, in that scene where he's like looking looking at these uh, resurrected uh, you know the, the the people he just killed and. He's got a gun in his hand, and he's a little bit too surprised at the sight of water zombies uh, at first. And he's like, huh. he's like, how almost laughs it off, and then he starts yeah, shooting. Yeah, he's, he's like really cocky about it initially. <laughs> yeah, which, which which was weird, um, but then uh, as he started to shoot, and it was nothing, the, the gunshots weren't affecting the zombies. His um, buildup uh, of dread in that in that scene uh, was great. Like, he kept shooting them, and he was getting more anxious and more, like, um, desperate. And then he's, like, literally screaming at the top of his lungs. And then at the very end of the scene, before he gets uh, his karma um, um, uh, smacked on the his ass, he, um, you know, he was he la- started laughing maniacally. You know, because in certain movies, people la- are, like, screaming so much in terror that they start to laugh. Have you ever noticed yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That happened in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, with the the, 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 survi- the the lone survivor in that movie. She was she was like screaming for like ten fifteen minutes straight, and then by the end of the movie, she of course she gets away. Spoiler alert! Um, but she starts to laugh maniacally. Uh, and you know I've seen that pattern. Leslie does it in that scene, and I thought it was done very well, and with a couple of jump scares thrown in there for good measure. I actually have to say, I I forget if I learned about this in like a theater class or in like a play that I did or whatever, but apparent or psychology, some something. I definitely learned about this. People tend to laugh in awkward situations where they don't know yeah. how to react. So sometimes audiences do that, like during a scene that's really intense. Sometimes they will laugh because they don't know how to react. And it's like that yeah. it's like that fear like has them so numb at one point where they're like, I don't know what else to do, how else to react other than to like laugh. It's it's really weird. Yeah, absolutely, but it's a, but it is true, you know. I've I've heard about it, I've seen it, and so yeah. Uh, that psychology is there and it's uh, it's real. Yeah. So yeah, it it was a great it was a great um part of the scene where he's like, you know, he goes from la- screaming out loud to laughing hysterically and then, you know, he gets gets what he deserves. A good satisfying close to that one. And again, it might be my favorite, but the next one, you know, um might is kind of contends with that. Well, bef- before we get into that, I also wanted to say I always wonder when I watch this, how how did the how did they get on the other side of the doorway? <laughs> Do you know? Did you notice that when he like when, yeah. when they're running after him and he shuts the door, and then he turns around and then they're there because they're dead. They did that for the jump scare, and but like yeah, like the, these these zombies. I mean, if you noticed um, uh, when those these those water zombies are walking into the house and things start to like you know the Leslie starts to suspect somebody's in the house, and then you see you cut to a shot of his like camera system, his security. 
and they're like you'll see like one of the one of the zombies is standing in front of his like monitor monitor some monitor system that has the door open up and down remember that thing that opens up and down on the wall yeah 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 in that moment you see a shadow of the the zombie on the wall as it's going up but at, then it cuts to uh, a shot of uh, a camera screen or like a video screen showing that same spot where the zombie's standing but you don't see him so I think these zombies are like ghosts too. They're like they are not really there. I mean, they're there, but they're not. They're kind of like ghost zombies. Um, I think they kind of like sort of show like hint at that in the movie, and so I guess that kind of explains it. They can they can move in and out like ghosts, but you see them in front of you, and they look like zombies. I also think, think I, I also think though that they do that like they don't want you to figure it out. It's supposed to just be yeah, like, it's not. It's supposed to be like a like you're not you're not really. Like you can question it, but you're not gonna get an answer. Like there is no answer. It's just they do it because it's supposed to be scary, like creepy. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes the best answer uh, with any horror movie is a lack of answers. So yeah, like you know, it was it was a creepy scene, and had them showing up on the other side of the door was a good jump scare. I kind of like jumped a little bit. I mean, I was expecting a little. Uh, I was expecting it, but again, I wasn't. So so on. Yeah, and another thing that we noticed during this film is that there's a lot of e names oh yeah you know what i mean like henry harry billy uh, billy harry. yeah harry there's harry yeah. henry like oh my yeah, gosh yeah it's just really funny yeah so many um what did you so what did you want to talk like as far as the next yeah oh, the just, crate yeah okay um i don't love this one this is probably my third favorite one yeah. Um, but, um, I really just said, um, with the crate in general, like opening it up, I said, curiosity killed the cat. Is I thing. said the same exact thing. Really? The same exact thing. I said, it's a saying for a reason. Um, and I said, my mom, another one of my mom's comments, she said, it was really funny. She pulled the blanket up to her face and she goes, I'm afraid. <laughs> it was just really funny. Like funny. she was really scared. She kept saying, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Um, Billy played by Adrian Barbeau. It's a great performance, but damn, she's annoying. Well, she's and it's, to- Oh yeah. <laughs> she's supposed to be. <laughs> I know she is. And it's funny because I feel like you, everybody knows somebody like her. Everybody knows a Billy. Everybody knows well, she's, one. She's a Karen. Kinda. Right. No, In a I, way. I think she's just not quite. She's not quite she's a just obnoxious, that's all. She's obnox she's really obnoxious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's and I said I said he should have just divorced no, her. No, didn't wait, didn't Doug say it's like, well, he should just divorce her then. He should Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kill her. Yeah, I know. Uh my brother was saying that he was like you should have just divorced her. You don't do that to someone. You remember? He was like, you don't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that was a creep. What's that? Hmm? No, uh, am, I, am I next? I don't know if I was next. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, so yeah, I really I really enjoyed the crate uh, story. Um, it's definitely, I think, the more, I guess, I guess, in a way, the more complex of the five stories. In a way, I mean, it's got more character interplay. It's got more stuff going on with the characters, uh, and like particularly with the two doctors. I guess they were they were doctor professors or whatever. Yeah. I forgot yeah. what they were. But um, it was 
it was an interesting, like the actors playing, you know, we got Hal Hallbrook and um, uh, Fritz uh, Weaver. Uh, these were like, you've seen these guys in other like uh, horror, like maybe not necessarily horror movies, but like Fritz Weaver was on The Twilight Zone and Hal Hallbrook was in a couple of Carpenter movies and such. And it was cool seeing these two like, you know, character actors playing uh, with one another. And um, the whole thing with the crate and then, you know, I knew something bad would happen. And then the creature inside is pretty darn terrifying. Yeah. I mean, you know, like it looks like a like a chant, uh, like a very a d- demonic chimp or um, demonic baboon with uh, very fine fangs. You know, very 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 brutal. Like you know the way you like cut up all those up. You know those two other guys. You know the old man and the student. And that that was cut. And it was cool. And I noticed in that scene whenever the um, the baboon demon uh, would appear from the crate, <laughs> um, he uh, the lighting changed in yeah. that scene like like it, very dramatic it, it like it red, went like yeah. yeah it was all of a sudden it was like red and blue and it, like it's literally they're evoking that feel of a comic book in that in those images and it was it was obvious uh when i saw it but it was still cool because it gave a very dramatic look to the scene whenever uh the monster came out and killed somebody yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I thought it kind of looked like a Yeti. I was like, that looks like an abominable snowman mixed with, like, a monkey mixed with, like, a wolfman mixed with Chewbacca. When all the, <laughs> when all, when all the snow melted off. My mom yeah. did, my mom was like, oh, he's so adorable. He's so cute. Huh? And then at what? the end, and, no, and then at the end she was like, no, that wasn't cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, not cute. Not, like, those <laughs> eyes alone that really get, get under my skin, just, like, the eyes. Yeah. It's kind of like, but, um, um, yeah. it was kind of like in Little Shop of Horrors, the plant, how the plant, like, needs people, like, to eat people to survive. It's like, how did that thing survive all those years? Was it just, like, in, like, um, what's it called? Like, hermit I, hermit mode, where it just, hibernation? Yeah. Hibernation. Yeah. Like, 200 years hibernation, or whatever, like, the, the year was 18-something on the box, on the crate. But yeah, I, I thought the baboon was pretty terrifying, um, and it was kind of it was interesting. It was like the the that story had me on edge in the like the second half of it when you had Hal Hallbrook, you know, trying to figure out what the hell's going on with his friend, and it's like you, you're not sure what's going on with him. Like, is he saying that it's um, you know his friend might have killed a woman? But I think like it's so he the the this segment is trying to make you think that. That's what he believes, but at the same time, I think he was uh, telling that story to his wife so that she can come over and he can have uh, whatever it is that's killing people kill her. So I wasn't really, it had me on edge. I wasn't sure what it was like if he was having her get killed, if he believed that um, his friend killed a, a young girl. So it was kind of like it had me on edge. I wasn't sure like what he, uh, what his motivation was um, in that part, and then of course it revealed like oh he was setting up his wife, and you know um, I felt I felt a little bad for him, but like killing his wife, you know he's kind of an asshole. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he should have literally just divorced her. There was no need for that. Yeah, and so yeah, I mean <laughs> I love the um, the jump scare when you know. Uh, he thinks the thing is in the crate, and so he's like, <laughs> he has his wife down on the floor, and he's shaking her. He's like, duh, 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 duh. Where, where, where's the baboon? Yeah, I know. And, 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 the look of horror on his face. 
Yeah, and then and then she's like talking, you know, her obnoxious like voice, saying like, "Oh, you're useless, ha ha, I'm a ha," and, and then and then all of a sudden the thing comes out and eats her. I mean, they they really like like waited the, uh, until the right moment to get to have that baboon come out and kill her. So, uh, and it, I, I thought it was cool. And then you know he's like, "Oh, I threw the thing in the water. Everything's fine. Let's have let's play a game of chess." And then of course we see the thing escape and the end. Um. <laughs> I have to, what was I going to say? Um, the people in just all of this whole movie, the people are so shallow. Like, they just are so insensitive and they don't care about other people. Like, I don't know. There was just no need for, no need for him to feed his wife to, oh, God, just, that's horrible. Like, it's so horrible. Yeah, it is questionable. It is twisted. So, like, you know, I guess something just snapped in his head, and he's like, you know what, I'm going to do this. I mean, he does day, he daydreamed about killing his wife every, yeah, every yeah. like, five minutes. Yeah. What were you going to say, honey? So I, was he, just, I was just going to say that, like, that's, like, ba- that's basically, like, what the EC characters were yeah. like in those comics. Um, so, the last one, uh, <laughs> they're creeping up on you, I think might be my favorite one. This is my least favorite. Why is it your mm-hmm. least favorite? It, I find it very boring. So, mm. but... There's no depth. I, I, no depth? There's no depth. Okay. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. No. It's, it's... So, no, but basically, like, it, it's just... It's great, like, psychological horror, but it's also got, like, a great, like, social commentary to it mm-hmm. as well. Like... Like I like I love how like the bugs are, uh, like a metaphor for Pratt's uh, fear of minorities. Mm, um, yeah, and basically like just like the way he sees the bugs, basically are is like the same way that he sees uh, all the people that work for that's like, him. That's like the metamorphosis. Mm. You, kind of the metamorphosis. Like he turns into a bug. Because he's considered, like, he's the working class, and the working class is considered, like, underneath the big man's shoe. Get it? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like that. Yeah, that's that kind of reminds me of that. But, I don't know. I said, um... Can I say something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I said the bugs are disgusting, obviously. And I said my biggest nightmare is basically, like, being alone and outnumbered by a bunch of bugs... <laughs> yeah well one of the things that like i love particularly about this one is how uh they have it set like in like a completely like white room because it also just makes the the bugs stand out even more which is a i agree yeah effect um yeah uh any anything you want to say chris oh yeah i mean following you know uh the leslie nielsen story and the the crate story like this is a like a slight step down for me, like in terms of like an entertainment value and just yeah. just being in, really into it. However, I think I like this one m- more than the first two because you know I I thought that the actor who played um, I forgot his name Upton he he did a yeah no, very he's... pretty great job. I mean I kind of I hated him because he was such he's such a bastard he's such a rich <laughs> yeah. uh, cruel bastard and. Um, the guy who plays him. He's a character actor. I've seen him. I think he was in Twelve Angry Men. I think he looks like one yeah. of the Twelve Angry Men. 
And he did a great job. Uh, like I really hated the guy, and like I didn't really feel bad for him when he when it, whatever. If he, I guess he when he died at the end, but um, I, I thought he did a great job. And like I totally get the metaphor of the bugs being the people, and or like under the rich, you know, the poor under the rich and the minorities and so on. Uh, I mean, it's I guess it's a in that sense it was a bit it was predictable that you know by the end of the thing he would be you know he would get hit the karma or like hit him in the face and he would be um consumed by the very things he was you know suppressing the things that he like loathed and um in a way it's for me it's limited however i thought for what they did was uh, it was good um of course the the, the cockroaches I think all of them, the cockroaches they used were real yeah, cockroaches. They, yeah, they were real, yeah. Ew. And apparently, yeah, oh. apparently when they were filming it, too, like, as soon as they had brought them out, like, some of them, like, escaped. And they were just, like, all around. And, like, they couldn't, sometimes, like, they, they couldn't even find them. And it was just really, yeah, it was uh. it was crazy. I yeah, guess, and I, yeah, they use they use the cockroaches uh, pretty well. The, you know, the gradual build up, the you know, the suspense, the build up, and the the idea that you're about to be overwhelmed, consumed by all these insects is is pretty uh, pretty creepy. And um, I'm just thinking here. Oh uh, yeah, at the, at the very end, like there, you get a little bit of body horror. Actually, I wouldn't say a little, like a lot. Like his <laughs> yeah. like his corpse um, exploding with cockroaches was very very gross. Very um, it's one of those things that if I saw as a kid, I'd probably be traumatized by it. Just like I like the thing and the fly. Those movies were so crazy with the, you know, the practical, you know, um, makeup effects and so on that, you know, what well, that moment at the end was quite a bit of a, you know, yeah, well, thing, like, like a stinger. Yeah. All those like bugs like coming out of him at the end is just like, it's like really like, it's so gross, but it's like really impressive. I said it's too. It was, it's yeah. Nasty. It was, yeah. It was nasty, and it was kind of visceral because you know, see, knowing the like he was just there, he was alive, and then you see the actor laying there dead. But then you you do notice that they switched to a like you know a fake puppet or something, filled with the real cockroaches coming yeah. out, like a, but, of like a dummy, a dummy, kind of. yeah, yeah. You kind of notice it, but I mean, it wasn't that bad, of, uh, not too, as obvious as it could be if you're really into it. And I, I thought it was just uh, like a really gross in a good way like way to close out that that one and um i liked it i i didn't like it as like the crate or the the one with the the buried uh in the sand but with leslie nielsen one but um i thought it was good and then then, then we can get on to like the closing uh, well, i guess well, they, call well, well i mean they definitely do save the best scare for last in mm. this one but also but i i really the thing that i really love about this one too is that like it's it's such like it's not the most complicated story but it is definitely like one of like the more simpler ones but it's like but it's so impressive too because there's only one actor yeah one actor whole, well i mean technically the the uh, like the, the 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 cleaning guy or the exterminator or whatever comes so technically there's two but for the most part there's only like one actor on the screen yeah. and his performance is really good and um yeah but... i just wanted to say um the quote that he says where he goes i loathe bugs it's like well i'm guessing you do if you made a lifelong career out of killing them <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I, I don't yeah. like them either that's relatable but um literally and figuratively you know literally like you know killing the cockroaches in his apartment and figuratively you know 
be, um, undermining and sort of like oppressing people that he deems inferior. Yeah, I um, I I hope that the 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 actual bugs didn't get hurt. I mean, you just step on some of them. I'm pretty I know sure. that's so mean. Mm. Uh, I mean they are cockroaches, but yeah, you're right. No, but right. I love all. I love. I all I love all living things, but like yeah, I don't like bugs at all. But I don't. It bothers me when people only kill them for like, like 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 when you see like things killed or tortured for art. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, like like there have been music videos where you know people harm like fish or like you know like things like that. I just I yeah. can't I can't do that. I don't like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, just uh, to bounce off what you're saying about, you know, torturing or for art and everything, it kind of reminds me of um, not animal torture, but more like, you know, actor torture. Like, for the prime example is, like, you know, Shelley Duvall, you know, what she went through in that, uh, during that making of that movie. What, the like, you know, Yeah, she, her yeah. performance is good, and people, you know, they, they praise her, I guess, but, um, you know, she suffered, she suffered, and, you know, like, it makes you wonder, like, is it really, um, you know, necessary to really suffer that much for for your art, yeah, the I art know. form? True. Yeah, but yeah. It, anyway, getting back to Creep Show. <laughs> you know, we can talk about the end now, right? Yeah. Oh, mm. uh, with the voodoo doll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really messed up. Um. Yeah i I thought that was crazy. How it's like the the mom's just like sewing or whatever, and the dad's sitting on the couch. He's like, my neck hurts. And it's like, that'll show him. Like, the kid's just, like, pushing pins or needles into the voodoo doll, being like, sorry, Dad, this is what you get for, you know. Taking my comic yeah. book. Taking my comics away and degrading yeah. me for liking them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his father was a bit of a dick, too, but, like, I feel like, the, I don't know, that's, I feel like the kid might have killed him at the end. You know, you don't <laughs> yeah, see we it. Don't but. Know. Yeah, we don't know. I asked Jack that the other day. I said, so what happens to the dad? Like, do we know? He's like, nope, we don't know. And we're not supposed yeah, to it's ambiguous, but, you know, it, it maybe, to me, it was a little extreme that the kid was doing that to his dad, even though his dad did yell at him, I, I'm, I'm. I guess some kids would be like, oh, I, I, I hope you, I don't know, kids would be like, you know, um, screw you, dad, or whatever, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's a little much. It's a little, but I mean, especially since he's got a doll and he's torturing his dad with pain. So now I'm I, I think he, did, did his dad slap him in the opening segment? Yeah, he did. And apparently King was actually, he was nervous about that scene. So he was on set for it and they made uh, Joe, his son, just uh, Joe Hill, just do it by him. Like he just like quickly, like he like he slaps himself, I think, or something. And then he just like, oh, okay. falls I over see. or something. Um, yeah. I was, I was thinking maybe I should be cautious about not giving my kids too much homework because, uh, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> maybe they'll find a, they'll find a voodoo ritual. Yeah. They'll come after you. <laughs> maybe that's why I have so much chronic pain. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, this has been Cinemaniac Jack. I'm your host, Jack. Today's, uh, guest co-hosts were Bethany and Chris. Thanks. For, <laughs> thanks for having us, Jack. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, See you next time.